Holding Up is sponsored by the North Coast Co-op and Humboldt Hydroponics. You know, uh, the North Coast Co-op, it's no no mystery that it's the favorite grocery store of Humboldt Holding Up. We go there for lunch all the time. Andrew, I know you love the solids. Also the and... Poke Bowls. But I shouldn't, <laughs> say, I shouldn't say that out loud because then there'll be a rush on the Poke Bowl. <laughs> well, anyway, whatever it is that you love, they've got it there at the North Coast Co-op. Go check them out at both Arcata and Eureka. And Humble Hydroponics, they are located at 1302 Union Street. That is uh, right next to the Broadway Cinema, unless in case you don't have a map in, in your brain. Uh, you can visit them there, and their knowledgeable staff will help you with all your growing needs. Humble Hydroponics, locally owned and operated for some time. It is a special election edition of Humble Holding Up. Because uh, everybody remember democracy? We're still doing that uh, for yeah. now. We thought with the uh, June primary just a few days away, we would gab about the races and measures that we here in Humboldt are lucky enough to get to vote on. First, let's do some quick introductions. I'm your host, Andrew Goff. And I'm I'm your host, Stephanie McGarry. Also host. Well, I'm not your host. I'm Tom Wheeler. For identification purposes only, and not to imply any endorsements, uh, I am also the executive director of EPIC, and I am a co-founder and co-director of the Redwood Coalition for Climate and Environmental Responsibility, or uh, Rocker, as we go by. Right. And then, of course, we have Hank Sims, our own Hank Sims. Hi, everybody. And- yeah. <laughs> <I'm here. laughs> Hello, editor-in-chief yeah. of the Lost Coast Outpost, if you've heard of it. Well, I- I'm-, I'm partly here, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, we can't see you, but we can't see you, but that's better. okay. Yeah. The listeners yeah. won't be able to see you anyway. So, and I, I was trying to think of a way to justify why you know Hank obviously follows this stuff because it's his job, and I was trying to think of a way to justify why why we invited Tom to be here. And the best I could do is just like sometimes I log on to the the hellscape that is Facebook, and 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 yet I see Tom being a responsible citizen who, who seems to be you know up on things informed uh in the mix and so i thought you, you know maybe your you, your voice would be good for for something like this well you know i i sound like a muppet um but my, maybe my voice will be good for this uh my wife had no idea why you invited me onto this she, she thought that she should have been invited because she well, has a better is she in the next room get her in here we'll I, her. I know unfortunately <laughs> okay yeah. Well, to, to, to kick this thing off, I thought, uh, you know, the first thing that we should do is, is just encourage people to vote. You know, if you haven't already, you know, yes, you can wait till the, the Tuesday, June 7th, which is the actual election day, if you want to be adorable. But as we saw during the pandemic, you know, it's easier than ever to vote early. You could drop out your filled out ballot that you should have gotten in the mail in your mailbox, or you can drop it off at the election office, if, if you can muster the energy to do that. And energy, I, I thought that may be a, a place we could start, which is how would y'all gauge the level of excitement for, for this election here in Humble? Like, it feels like a lot of aspects of life are returning to normal after COVID, but do you, do you, do you people feel like people are care that much about this election? Uh, how does it feel out there? Well, I, th- I feel from a, like a journalist perspective that yes, people are caring because the the level of insanity has kind of has kind of ratcheted up quite a yeah. bit. <laughs> the, yeah. the level of of uh, you know back channel communications and people angry about this or that from every single side and and wanting to make their case to us as to why we're wrong and we should see things their way uh, is huge. So that's that's, that's that's always a measure that I use of, of election enthusiasm. 
Yeah. Feels great to be back, right? Hey? <laughs> oh, God, so, a couple more days. I, I mean, looking at ballot returns already, we're not seeing a ton of. We're we're below past elections. Some past elections. We're we're below the 2020 um, general, which makes sense. It's a it's a primary. primary yeah. Yeah. Midterm Off year. Your election. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I I think that. If we are reading the room uh, nationally, uh, Democrats are not super enthused, um, and you probably have Republicans who have the excitement advantage uh, going into an election. How that translates in the state of California, in the relatively blue paradise of Humboldt County, I'm, I'm not sure, but um, slightly down returns so far compared to yeah. other elections. Okay, well, you know, Let's try to get people more excited then, if we can at least. So let's get into some of these races then. We thought maybe we could start by talking about district attorney, um, which might be the most important race in this cycle. Uh, we have three candidates, Stacey Eads, current deputy DA, and the chosen successor of current DA Maggie Fleming. Then we have Adrian Kamada, a public defender who was uh, formerly with the DA's office. And then you've got Michael Acosta, who seems to be doing this for funsies. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what's at stake in this race? And, and how do you assess, assess these characters? I, I think you're right in describing Eads as the chosen successor for Maggie Fleming. It, it seems that she's trying to run an incumbency campaign, even though she is not the incumbent. Um, this is the one that has had the most barbs so far. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess it's to be expected with a bunch of lawyers in the race. You have sharp elbows. It's also kind of a weird race because you have two self-described Democrats in, in Eads and Kamada. Um, you have perhaps what is more of the establishment base and more conservative support for Stacey Eads, which I think is a reflection of Maggie Fleming's support for her. So you have endorsers like Billy Hansel and Rex Bone, um, who kind of make up the, um, the foundation of whatever sort of right-wing uh, conservative uh, machine we have in Humboldt County uh, supporting Eads. Uh, you also have some liberal Democrats supporting her. Um, I would say most of the progressive organizations, the labor unions, uh, my group, Redwood Coalition for Climate and Environmental Responsibility, uh, Rocker, uh, have endorsed Kamada. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I, I think it's going to be a, this is going to be the closest race, I believe. And I, I think that this is going to end up going to the general. I don't believe that any candidate is likely to get above 50% because I think that Acosta is going to suck off just yeah, enough that. to um, to to continue it forward. Tom, Tom, tell me tell me why your organization supported Kamada then. Yeah, I liked um, we liked his uh, past um, as an, an environmental prosecutor within the DA's office. I also, as somebody who is a slight watcher of things like this. I'm, I'm an attorney here in Humboldt County. I haven't been entirely pleased with the DA's office. It's had a lot of turnover um, in the past couple of years. And I've heard um, grumblings about DA Fleming um, and the way that she's run the office. So, so to me, um, it was good to have a, uh, a challenger 
to kind of the the Flamina uh, anointed replacement in in Eads. But as I said, you know, we have two folks who are self-described Democrats, and I I don't know if they will ultimately be that far apart on on policy issues within the DA's office. Neither of them are self-described progressive DAs like the San Francisco district attorney um, who are trying to kind of rethink our carceral system. I I think they're both pretty crime, they're law and punishment crime, uh, law and order type type candidates. Uh, So, you know, there might not be a huge gap separating them. I, I should also say it, it did not inspire confidence in me that that um, Stacey Eads had the support of so much of kind of the establishment uh, or the the Republican light um, uh, campaign uh, structure behind her. I you know I don't think that there are two more diametrically opposed people than myself and Rex Bone, um, and to get that level of support to have kind of the establishment lineup behind you. I frankly am concerned that they're going to demand their their price um, a, a pound of flesh. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, what the, uh, I, mean that, I have to say that, that that's kind of why I asked is because I wondered how much of it was was uh, have, uh, your organization's support was sort of like tribal in that way. Um, you you say that the, both candidates are, are Democrats, but I don't know, like Democrat in Humboldt County, at least for local races, I found that it doesn't really it doesn't really describe, you know, the, the the actual political parties in Humboldt County don't map to the national political parties. And, you know, I think you're right to say that on one side, you've got the, you know, uh, the sort of like Rex Bone, if you could take him as the as the uh, avatar of one side of Humboldt County politics, and, and sure, you as the other will, will do that. <laughs> so that's, uh, I, I was I was wondering, I was wondering, yeah, I was wondering just how much of your decision then was like uh, uh, voting against the Rex Bone candidate. I, you know, I, I wouldn't say that that's kind of the majority of reasons. I, I know Kamada. Um, I think that he will do a good job. He has done a good job when he was a deputy DA um, in the office. I like his uh, emphasis on environmental crimes. Um, and I, I think that there's a need to shake up offices every once in a while. Sometimes it works out well. Um, and then other times you get a KPD that just kind of, um, I'm probably not allowed to say shit's the bed, right? Um, you, can, you can say shit. And I mean, bed. you just said, so. <laughs> well, yeah. there we go. That, that like we, yeah. I, 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 was, I was really hopeful for her um, at the start of her tenure as uh, auditor controller and have been frankly pretty disappointed. So there's always a risk at, at, at shaking things up too. Hmm. We say it's, it's fair to say that that um, you know Kamada is someone that would um, there, there there would be a little bit more tension in the courthouse were were he elected because say as he he's he's not as 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 likely to um, you know let let people skate on 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 things that they might have otherwise is is, is that is that's your assertion? Well, I was concerned with Maggie Fleming and passing off the uh, the investigation of former Eureka Mayor Frank Yeager um, and the kind of insider um, purchasing of, of property through the, the coroner's office. Um, mm. You know, I, I, I don't know if that was a reflection. Well, any, 
I, I'm getting a little bit flustered here. I uh, <laughs> got you I, on I don't, I, you, you know, I, I can't. I, I can't say that that the reason that she did it was politics. But Frank Yeager then has come out in support of and has endorsed Stacey Eads. I, I want to have a DA who is free of influence and who is able to uh, prosecute folks regardless of uh, their political affiliation or their prominence in the community. I I don't. This is not to say that Stacey Eads wouldn't do that, but I am confident that. Adrian Kamada Wood. Well, we've grilled Tom a lot here. What about you, Sims? What's your feeling on it, on this race? About about how it's going to go? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, no, I, I kind of agree with Tom that it should be very close. And it's kind of like, I, th I think it is like a sort of, it's one of the races in which there's like a sort of like referendum about Humboldt County's future that that is sort of like up in the air a little bit between the, between the two parties or you know between the two major sort of political factions in the community uh, and it's it is odd because you know theoretically it's like a, the most nonpartisan of of offices you know right. and it's odd that it's odd since i mean you have to stretch back to paul gallego's days to see a, a time when the DA's office has been this politicized, maybe because, you know, Maggie Fleming was sort of elected, uh, uh, you know, with broad coalition support. Was it eight years ago, I believe? So it's a little bit odd that uh, that that it has, again, politics has focused on that office. And I'm not quite sure of the reason why, actually. I, I think it's just a reflection of increasing partisanship in, in all of our lives. And we have now... Um, what progressives might call the conservative candidate needs who might not be as conservative as, as progressives make her out to be and the more progressive candidate. And we are, we are seeing a reflection of our national partisanship here in Humboldt County in, in a smaller scale. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you like, when you say like, you know, be a putatively Democrat or like whatever, whatever hedge word you use there, I'm sure like if you dropped Stacey Eads down in Texas uh, as a prosecutor, she would be tarred and feathered and run out of town, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, the next day. Uh, but yeah, it's all, it, it, so it's strange how it maps in that way. I, I do say, I do like the, the, I have developed a great deal of respect for Michael Acosta throughout all of this. He, he participates joyously and, 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 and thoroughly in our local election subsite where he answers all questions uh, yeah and in the debates the he's, he comes off as, as as very intelligent he's i mean he, he, but you you'd agree that he's just he, he's he's doing this for fun right or what, what what's your i'm not exactly clear why he's doing it i mean <laughs> yeah we should say that he is uh you know he is there are cases uh drug trafficking cases currently yeah. pending against him um does that figure into his his thinking? I, I, uh, his his calculus about running for lead prosecutor? Uh, I, I don't know. I think he's <laughs> not going to be elected, but I do yeah. think he is having a great deal of fun. Whether or not he's that's having a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got we got to push this wrong along because if we spend this much time on every uh, topic, we'll we'll be here all day. So uh, yeah, we want to switch over now to uh, what has to be the most high profile auditor controllers race in the history of anything the I, nation I don't yes <laughs> yeah. i don't know how to measure that but let's let's go with it um so in this one obviously you have current uh ac karen paz dominguez who's you know the young progressive firebrand uh who also happens to be being sued by the state for failure to meet financial reporting requirements and who seems to have nearly the the whole of county government perpetually pissed at her uh, and then you have cheryl dillingham who you know has experience in this field but 
um, whose most important trait to her supporters would seem to be that she's very much not Karen. Uh, <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? What do you think, crew? Jump in here. How, how did how did we get here? First of all, this is, this is, this is why. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know how we got here. I think that it's going to be a blowout, and this is the race where we're going it, to. It's going to be decided here in the primary, obviously. But it it I I will um, eat a hat. Um, eat a crow, whatever the expression is, if Cheryl doesn't win like 60, 40 at least. Well, you, you must not have seen the, the Loco straw poll, which was very close um, through yeah. no manipulation of anyone, I, I imagine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. Hank, you, what, what, do you, what do you think? I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I guess I would think, I, I guess I'd be a little bit more hesitant than Tom. That I'm not sure if it's going to be quite the blowout uh, as all that. But I do think I do think Cheryl Dillingham will likely win largely because, as, as I've been saying, that it's really rare for an elected official uh, to be able to directly affect and sort of uh, irritate and annoy and anger so many people like directly like in their yeah. paychecks in you know the receipt you know the the transmission of funds to like local fire agencies and nonprofits and you know and and you know everybody in the county uh, is is affected in one way or another by by the sort of I would, I would, I would characterize them as failings of that office in the last four years. Um, you know, of course she would, you know, she places the blame elsewhere, but, uh, it's, but it's a really powerful narrative. It's a really, really, really powerful political narrative that she sort of provides for people, which is, you know, a young, uh, up and comer, uh, dare I say progressive Tom, a uh, person looking to fight the corruption in the system. She, she, she really, people who want to believe that there's a massive amount of corruption in the system that we need and that we need to ferret out, like she's going to be our champion. And unfortunately, you know, over the last four years, she hasn't really done any of that. She hasn't ferreted out any corruption, I would say. Um, and as in the meanwhile, it was like tanked, uh, you know, the, the, the county's finances have been a total mess and a, a tank. And so I do think that like people's direct experience will overcome that that sort of powerful narrative that that people want to believe that people are very attracted to X file style. Yeah, I mean, can we can we put a number on on the the uh, on the on the amount that 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 Karen's the, you know mis misdealings have have cost the county? People people have tried to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, you know, there's a new report, uh, $100,000, you know, uh, that we'd have to pay out of that, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars that we have to pay out of the general fund to cover for this or that. Um, and but that's all happening really slow. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's there's lots of problems. You know, normally I would say that the Democratic line candidate has the best chance to win, um, given the political makeup of our county, but there are enough there are enough conservative voters. Uh, there are enough disaffected Democrats in this race that I don't think I don't think that she can stay in office. She has power of incumbency, but it, it's not going to work in her favor here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, th I think that's a that's a good place to leave it. I, I think yeah. that's the the, the predominant uh, view on this. So let's so let's move over to the. Uh, fourth district supervisor race. Um, but before we do, I think it's very important that we we reveal a a bias on the panel. Why don't Why don't you uh, out yourself here, Tom? Uh, my wife works for Natalie Arroyo's campaign, and I'm personally friends with both Natalie and Kim. Okay, so we we, we will let you uh, you know 
talk on on this subject, but I'm just encouraging everyone to not listen oh, to mean, anything that you have to say. I'm extremely biased, right? I that that is just my middle name. Um, <laughs> yeah. Here I have a pecuniary interest in in the campaign because of my wife though so this is this is legally different um okay so uh right, well let's say well hold on so in addition to natalie royo we have two other candidates yeah uh you know natalie's fellow termed out eureka city council member kimber gell and uh former council member current planning commissioner mike newman um and i thought you know but maybe we start by like talking about the dynamics of this race you know, because we have two traditionally more left-leaning candidates and one more right-leaning. Like, how do you think that that's going to affect a race in which if no one gets 50%, you know, we go to a runoff in November? It's quite possible we go to a runoff in November. I think that Natalie's going to get the majority uh, of, well, she's not going to get a majority of votes necessarily. I'm not sure if she'll make it above 50%, but I think she'll be the lead vote getter. And my guess is Mike Newman will be second. Um, and Kim third. Um, in terms of campaign financials, if that tells you anything, um, Mike is doing the best. He has the most money, most cash on hand. Natalie second. Um, Kim doesn't have very large coffers. Kim has always run races though by doing door knocking and by yeah. being a wonderful and personable person. And that's what she's doing again in this race. So I, I think that she'll be able to get um, a surprising number of votes because she's she's a delightful person um, and she's built up really strong relationships in her time in Humboldt County. So uh, I'm not going to to say that she's she's not a Michael Acosta in in this race, <laughs> no, right? No. Uh, to uh, call back to our DA discussion, she is a legitimate candidate. I just think that Natalie has earned more of the kind of quality endorsers. There's I think more of a buzz about her campaign, and I think that she's going to ultimately win. My guess is that this gets kicked to the general um, in November. And well, let's get it. Let's get a less conflicted pundit in here. Jesus, uh, what, do, what do you think, Hank? What, how about like what, what these people stand for? Like what, how, how would you, you know, uh, uh, dis describe them just as, as political characters in the, yeah. in the Humboldt landscape? Yeah, that's interesting that you said, you know, you, you called them at first like, you know, two left-leaning candidates, Natalie Arroyo and Kim Bergell, and one more conservative candidate, Mike Newman. And mm -hmm. in a way, I think that's true um, as far as it goes. But then there's also like a sort of like cultural or sociopolitical aspect of it, whereas I think <clears> – <throat> So Natalie, as 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 Thomas Wheeler says, um, sorry, reading his name here. Uh, <laughs> Natalie is like, is, is like the 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 technocratic sort of the technocratic candidate. She's got a lot of what what Tom called quality endorsements. You know, she is the she's sort of in a way I wouldn't say establishment necessary because necessarily because it would depend on what you mean by that. But you know the the sort of professional class i suppose is, yeah. is sort of she, she's she's wonky she's she's wonky yes exactly yeah. she's very policy very policy oriented and uh, uh whereas i i think like 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 Tom said, like uh, uh, Kim Bergell's appeal, uh, it, a lot of it rests in her being like a very, very, very good person, which she is. And, and you know, I think that so I think that there's a lot of like old Eureka, new Eureka sort of 
politics behind this. You know, I don't think that, like, for example, that that when, if it goes to a general election, that all the Kim voters would vote Natalie because that's the the political side of the equation that they're on. I think uh, both of the both Mike and 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 Kim are like old time Eurekans, and that matters to a certain number of Eurekans that they were they've been here for a very long time. Uh, I think I think I think Mike grew up here. Kim grew up here, and that that matters to a lot of people. So I think mm. it, it's it, it, there's there's sort of the 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 overt politics, you know, the policy politics of it, and and the sort of socio cultural politics. Mm. I think, I think it might been here for a long oh. time, but he, I don't believe that he was born here. I think he came up in the 1980s. Uh, so, I mean, longer than I've been alive, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, someone's done their oppo research. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it might be interesting to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the 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 makeup of the board because I think for you know, you know, right now it's kind of a a three two, you know, right leaning uh, entity, but like with 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 this coming election cycle, you know, that that could change. Like how mm-hmm. how important is is that to to us as a county? I think it's hugely important for the past decade um, since we had kind of a conservative takeover of the Board of Supervisors, um, our local politics have been far more conservative than our national politics. If you look at party registration, if you look at voting for things like president or uh, Senate or uh, Congress, um, we consistently consistently elect Democrats in, in Humboldt County. We are, as I said, nearly 50% registered Democrats um, with no party preference coming, I think, second before Republican um, registration. So it, it, is, it is a blue-leaning county for sure. Um, but as you say, we have three right-ish, center-right-ish leaning um, supervisors in Bushnell, Bass, and Bone. So I, I think that this is a natural realignment to make our local politics more like our national politics. I fully hope that, um, you know, come the end of this election season that we have three more progressive supervisors. Um, I don't have a great read on um, the fifth district. And well, that's, well, that's where we're going now. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll move over to that, you know, so uh, in the in the fifth district, you know, obviously we have uh, incumbent uh, Steve Madrone taking on, I don't know, re- real estate guy Larry Doss. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and, you know, then, and you say this this seems like an interesting one because, like, I don't know, my perception is like the demographic changes in McKinleyville over the years would seem to favor Madrone, who's the more progressive candidate. But at the same time, you have three of his fellow supervisors have endorsed his competitor, who also happens to be very well funded. So like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How would, how would you size this one up? Yeah, Madrone previously knocked off the incumbent um, to gain that seat. As you say, um, McKinleyville is changing. Um, I think that it is becoming uh, more left-leaning. Um, Steve is uh, a very uh, liberal candidate. Um, he can... I, I think that ultimately probably things favor him. Um, money doesn't always win elections. Anyone can ask Anthony Mantova this. Um, it can only get you so far. And although uh, Larry Doss is seen on a Scrooge McDuckian pile of money, um, I don't know if that's <laughs> to, um, to win him the race. Mm-hmm. 
Hank, uh, yeah. you've been here longer than I have. What, what's your take? I mean, yeah, I, I would I would mostly agree with that. I mean, Larry, Larry Doss is kind of uh, it, it will it will insult people some that he is you know relatively new to the district if we can put it like that that uh, that you know he changed his official residence to the fifth district to 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 run for it at the same time. You, you, know, you think that, really though? You th you think people care about that? Some people will care about it. Sure, yeah, some people care about it. I believe, yeah. yeah. I think it just feels like we're in such a red team, blue team world that I, I, it seems nobody that would have uh, been inclined to vote for him will not because he his residency is. Well, there's there's red team and blue team, and then there's like sixty percent of you know of the uh, are just normies, you know, who don't like geek out on this kind of stuff the way yeah. the way Tom does, you know. Um, <laughs> so so I don't know. I think I, I, I. But at the same time, I don't know. There is like a sort of yeah. I, I don't know. I I believe that Steve Madrona win. He won very it's very close race last time. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, when he, when he first took office, but I, I, but there is, you know, there is a significant sort of, you know, conservative present presence in, in McKinleyville and people who, you know, I, and I, you know, and again, you have to sort of define what that means in board terms, you know, in, in, in county political terms about land use issues, about building, about like, you know, the, about, uh, marijuana, you know, cannabis cultivation, cannabis, the cannabis industry is like a sort of conservative cause celeb, I would say, in in, in these in these days. Uh, it's, it's big in the fifth district, but I, I do think that like it, with Madrone's support from tribes and uh, you know just sort of the 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 the, the old hippie class uh, that he, he'll probably he, he's probably looking good, but it'll be close. It'll be closer yeah. than than in Eureka. I think. Just another reminder that Humble Holding Up is brought to you by the North Coast Co-op. And as somebody who uh, operates, works in Old Town Eureka, let me just say, when that, those lunchtime hunger pangs hit, I find myself drawn to the salad bar at the North Coast Co-op. What I do is I, I go, I take the spinach. I really go overboard on the uh, the, the, the tofu chunks. And then, um, <laughs> some, you know, a bunch of onions. I also, I'll throw some chicken in there with the tofu. I go heavy on the protein stuff is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it as much like not a vegetable salad as possible. <laughs> It was really hard for me, you know, the, the salad bar went away during COVID for obvious yeah, reasons for a little bit. I remember um, but that it's was back. really hard on you. It was really yeah. hard on me, but it's yeah. back. And, uh, oh, and then I put, I, I cover it all with the, the balsamic vinaigrette. Uh, yeah. Cause it's like, in my mind, I'm doing something healthy for myself, but I don't know if I ultimately, that's what happens. I really, I, I, I like a, I like a fat salad. Well, there's no place better to make yourself a fat salad than at the uh, North Coast Co-op. So let's let's go get a salad right now, Andrew. I can't wait. Right now! So, Steph, there's a bunch of grow shops in Humble, right? I think so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and one of those happens to be Humble Hydroponics, which is located at 1302 Union Street. Do you know where that is? Uh, yeah, of course. That's right over by uh, the Broadway Cinema. That's correct. Yeah. Ah. yeah, there you go. And Humble Hydroponics is committed to helping their community through tough times by providing discounts, keeping prices down whenever possible. Oh, well, do, do they have soils, oh, nutrients, yeah. supplements? Yes. yes. 
Yeah. What about trellis, bamboo sticks, watering tools, peeing uh-huh. solutions? Generally liquid. Look, they have lighting, LED and otherwise, trays, inserts, perlite, rock wool, fans, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. They have everything. And, and where is Humble Hydroponics located again? 1302 Union Street. Right. Right by the Broadway Cinema. Uh huh. That's right. Give them a call at 707-443-4304. Yeah. But what, what, if, if this comes to pass this, that, you know, Madrone wins in the fifth and, and Natalie wins in the fourth, like, how, how do you think that that will tangibly affect um, the nature of our, our, our politics or, you know, what becomes priorities for the, for the Board of Supervisors going forward? Well, yeah, I was curious. To, I was curious to hear Tom speak about this because you were talking about like bringing the 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 board, you know, the political makeup of the board of supervisors in line with like our national political preference. But what does that look like at the county level? Like, you know, I, I think that there is going to be a number of controversial things coming up in the next decade as we try to uh, rapidly decarbonize Humboldt County. Um, that is going to further uh, push on this. Uh, rural resentment um, that I think we can sometimes feel from folks in county lands against our more urban jurisdictions um, as we try to upzone in our urban areas, as we try to electrify things. Um, For for example, I I think that we can perhaps look at the North McKay Ranch subdivision as an example of a, a vote that may have changed with a different board. So uh, this is a proposal to uh, subdivide an area outside of Cotton um, to create a new housing development. Um, My group, uh, when I'm putting on my executive director hat of Epic, um, we advocate for the project to be uh, 100% electric development. So no methane gas hookups, no uh, gas stoves, no gas heaters, no gas water heaters, uh, have that all all electric as a necessary measure to, to combat climate change. We had two votes uh, on the Board of Supervisors to add that as a condition of this project, um, and it ultimately ultimately didn't pass. Um, so I, I think that things like that are, are going to be different. Um, if we were to go back in time and relook at the last general plan that was passed, um, I think that you could see the influence of a conservative board of supervisors there that had very lax standards on on rural uh, development, um, a very permissive uh, regulatory regime to allow for rural development as a consequence of, you know, HUM CPR and others pushing their candidates to get onto the board of supervisors. You know, we're not going to relitigate Roe versus Wade here in the county because we can't. Um, so some national political issues are, are out the door, but I, I think that for local election stuff, we'll, we'll start to see more progressive decisions be made. I, I should I should say though that like uh, for for Tom should know from experience that having having a, a Natalie on an elected board uh, uh, Natalie Arroyo for example his is the person his wife is managing doesn't necessarily get him the outcome he he advocates for in land use issues uh, Arroyo voted at the Eureka City Council Arroyo voted against or voted for rather the land swap by Winco to to develop those parcels which which yeah. rocker 
and epic we're both very much against so what about that tom yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um well i will be the first to point out the votes that natalie and i disagree on uh, but uh yeah she she is more conservative than i am um which is not really saying a whole heck of a lot i mean it like uh i i maybe slightly to the right of lenin or something like that so um you know, uh, John, John or yes. VI, Wait, which one are you? <laughs> Vladimir Ilyich, of course. Okay, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, kicking aside, uh, I'm not a, a, a true tanky, um, but a social democrat. Um, I, I am excited for a new board of supervisors. I think it's going to be important when we start talking about climate action measures, which I think is going to be where we need to have the conversation. What can our local governments do related to planning measures uh, to reduce greenhouse gas emissions? And that's going to be huge. It's going to cause probably a lot of fights uh, in the county within the next 10 years. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's switch over and talk a little bit about my fair city, um, the Arcata City Council. So, um, you know, we have six candidates running for one seat over there. We've got entrepreneur and former council member Alex Stillman, Cal Poly Humboldt professor Humnath Panta, business management consultant Edith Rosen, Dana Quillman, who is retired, program coordinator and planning commissioner uh, Kimberly White, and listed as anthropologist Chase Markham. So I know that you all don't live in Arcata, so you like probably don't even care, but. Oh, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like this one? You're involved. This is like with Arcata, it's very different from sort of what you, you know, you've been discussing with the sort of, you know, political leanings, Tom, like in Arcata, you know, we don't ever have these sort of obvious or maybe not always obvious, but you know, in, in some of the other races, we have a, you know conservative or progressive candidates, and like in Arcata, it's like progressive or ultra progressive. It's like left or or left left or like sometimes even so far left that they're almost wrapping yeah. around back to the right. So yeah, I mean, what I, I gotta admit, like as an Arcata person, with that always being the case, where I'm like, okay you know, they're all like progressive, you know, I, it sometimes it's hard for me, me to think of it. it sometimes it, it has me kind of stumped, you know, and sure. I'd love to get uh, your perspectives. Uh, well, so I, I see three candidates really actually trying. Yes. Edith Rosen, Alex Stillman, and Kimberly White. Yeah. I would say I see the most yard signs for Kimberly White and yep. Alex Stillman. Yep. Same. Yeah. Kimberly White is is really interesting. She ran for city council before. Um, she is an organizer in the Valley West community of Arcata, which in Arcata politics is always kind of the forgotten or the dumping ground, right? That's where um, chain stores are allowed to have locations in the city, is in the Valley West neighborhood. That's where um, a lot of the low-income housing development has occurred. It's, I, I feel bad for Valley West, so I, I appreciate Kimberly White and um, am personally rooting for her because I think that Valley West needs to have a voice on the Arcata City Council. Arcata, mm -hmm. unlike Eureka, does not have a true ward system. So the city votes for all candidates. Um, I would love to see a, a ward system be developed for Arcata because I'm concerned that Valley West, which is you know the, the most diverse and poorest neighborhood in the city, um, 
gets forgotten often at Arcadia City Council. Uh, I think the largest competition against Kimberly is probably going to come from Alex Stillman. Alex mm -hmm. is a very well-known quantity. She's served multiple times on the Arcadia City Council, um, separated by decades, in fact. Yes. And um, she, she's well-known. She does a lot in the community. God bless her. I like Alex Stillman. I would call her a friend. Um, I don't know Edith Rosen as well. Um, from everything I've read online, she seems like a, a, a nice and uh, progressive candidate too. So um, I, I don't know if this is, you know, you need to get a couple elections under you to realize how to run a really good one. That might be the case here. So, you know, in, in my handicapping of the race, I would say Kimberly White might have the edge followed by Alex Stillman, then Edith Rosen. I'm not sure how many like weird QAnon conspiracy th theorists are out there or, or anti-vaxxers who might vote for uh, Kuhlman. Is that? Yeah. 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 I'm but, say uh, not that many. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Arcana. Yeah. And that, and that's a, there's a, a, a plurality election too. Like whoever comes in first, there's no runoff no. in this race. Yeah. yeah whoever right. comes in first, even with a minority of the vote wins. Right. I don't, I, I'm not up in Arcana as much. I, you know, I don't see the, the Kimberly White uh, uh, signs. What well, I, I have supposed for quite a while that that Alex Stillman is just going to win again, which is going to be is going to be a problem, I think, for 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 Arcada, just because because with right. it's a time of great massive change in Arcada, mm -hmm. um, with Cal Poly humbled and the in the Gateway area, and it looks like just from what we understand, the the Fair Political Practices Commission um, would say that Alex Stillman would not be able to rule on matters, would not be able to deliberate or vote on matters pertaining to the Gateway area plan, which is a huge massive transformative transformative plan for Arcata. Um, and that that would be a problem that would leave only three members of the of the council uh, of the current council able to vote uh, to vote on that. Yeah. And three, three members, including Brett Watson, who, um, since he defended his seat and refused to resign, um, I don't believe he's been at a, a city council meeting. Oh, sorry. Not really. oh yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been a, a an interesting time over at the Arcata City Council. Uh, it seems like a it seems like it's been a stressful place to be uh, recently. Hank, I'm I'm kind of interested in what your, your your thoughts on something that Tom brought up, which is does does Arcata uh, would Arcata benefit from a, a true ward system? Like you know, we've obviously they have that in Eureka, and I know that you've 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 written about it and and have thoughts on it what do you what do you think about true ward in arcata I, I don't think so i don't think eureka should have a true ward system but that's what the voters decide i think that these towns are too small to to, to balkanize uh, further into 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 wards in that way i don't think it makes much sense really it doesn't make much sense for uh, you know, for Eureka, say, yeah, you know, the the hospital district or, you know, the area by Winco, each to have its own representative um, uh, as opposed to, you know, Old Town. It, it, it's just the poly, you know, the, somebody's interests. I mean, yeah, you could you could say a little bit that like, you know, the area by Winco, the whichever word that is, um, second word, um, for example, it's poor, you know, it's, it, there's, the, there's a certain demographic, but that doesn't really 
hold true throughout the the city. The city's pretty mixed and pretty uh, homogenous as it is, and so I don't. I think I think right. that all of our cities are too small to to really right. bother with. with other large. than than Valley West, uh, other than the desire to have more representation from it in Valley West, I can't think of any other real beneficial reason for Arcata. Like I just. I think Valley West is very clearly its sort of own district, but then the rest of town is like, like you know, like Hank said, kind of just too small and, you know, all kind of connected, so. Yeah, I, I would agree about Eureka. I would say it's more homogenous. Um, I, I think Arcata is, has kind of more neighborhoods, more discrete neighborhoods than, than Eureka does with Sunny Bray kind of off on its own area. Suppose, and, yeah, there's Sunny Bray. West. Um, you know, you have the folks who live up California. They're pretty significantly different than the folks who might live in the Gateway in terms of um, socioeconomic standing. So I, I, I can see more of a case for it for Arcata. And I think that yeah. especially the, the, the point to the ward system is to allow for uh, for communities to be able to choose a candidate of their choice, you know, and this has historically been you know, on racial grounds where, you know, we want to allow for a um, uh, majority Hispanic area to be able to elect a Hispanic candidate. Mm -hmm. uh, and this has been one way that we can implement um, the, the Voting Rights Act, California Voting Rights Act. So it, it's, yeah, I'll just... I'm pretty sure you can't do it in Arcata, though, right? Because Arcata, a general law city, that you, I don't think you are allowed to have a ward system. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Oh, sorry, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't somebody put, I think that Paul Patino was pushing for this in the past, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, to, to wrap up Arcata, like, our prediction is that, that Alex Stillman is going to stomp and then Arcata will have to deal with that. Is that the that, <laughs> that's, 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 that's been my prediction. I, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not as in tune. I'm not on the ground there. I don't see the yard okay. signs. But that's, I'll, that's... I'll take the hot take that Kimberly White will, will nudge out um, Alex Stillman. Okay. I okay. Like it. All I like right. It. Yeah, there. All right. Well, we, we're, we, let's move back uh, to the county stuff. I want to kind of quickly th move through the remaining county races. Uh, you know, for judge, we, we have uh, Ben McLaughlin taking on Stephen Stewart. Um, you know, the issue that I, I what, what did I say it wrong? No, 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 you didn't. Oh, okay. no, it's just, it's a fun, like the, the judges taking on each other is a fun image is all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, but the rumble, of, rumble of the robes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the, the, the issue I've seen raised in, in this race uh, that seems to have garnered, garnered the most intention is that uh, McLaughlin is in a, a romantic relationship with another sitting judge, which has had people pondering what potential complications that could lean to down the line. You know, any, any thoughts on, on the judge race? I, you know, as, as an attorney, I'll, I'll pull out that and use that uh, here. Um, I, I don't think that that's going to lead to that many conflicts that okay. would force both of them to recuse themselves. I like Judge Neal. I think she's done a really great job on the court, um, and she's rolled against me, so I can I can say that uh, uh, too. So this is not just um, <laughs> bias here. Um, I don't have a preference between the two. Uh, it seems that Stewart has garnered more of the Democratic Party kind of organs, the the labor unions and whatnot. Uh, than McLaughlin, um, but both seem like decent enough candidates for the the, the race. I don't know. I, I don't have a good 
good uh, finger on the pulse of this one. Um, it's a relatively down ballot race. So I imagine that that something like a Democratic Party endorsement is going to go pretty far um, because you're going to start using proxies if you are a low IQ voter, which I, I don't mean low IQ as if you're stupid. I mean that you just don't pay attention to yeah. uh, politics in the same way that you're going to start using proxies and based on proxies, Stewart probably has more endorsers um, for the majority of Humboldt County voters. Yeah, but they're, they're both exactly as bland as you want a judge to be. So that's, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, was, I commented yesterday looking at their pictures side by side that they look like brothers. Like they could, oh, <laughs> sure. yes, okay. The bland brothers. Uh, speaking of bland, uh, so then we have clerk recorder, uh, registrar. Uh, yeah, that's, not, that's not bland. That's, that's a, not that's bland. Not, get us a hot race. The most important like, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably yeah. really important, but it's like one of those ones where I feel like I I, I don't know like what. So we yeah, have help, it, <laughs> help us care ahead. about yeah. this. We've got uh we've got Deputy uh, Recorder Clerk Tiffany Hunt Nielsen, Fiscal Officer Benjamin Hirschberger, and Deputy County Registrar Juan Pablo Cervantes. Uh, another one. If we're going by uh, straw polls, we uh, looked like Cervantes was uh, was a strong leader. You, I think you can kind of like like Tom said that there was only three really candidates running for Arcata City Council, like really running. I think the same like there's only two candidates really running for for this office. Uh, ben, Benjamin Hirschberger, I could not tell you a thing about him because right. I, I don't know a thing about him. Um, uh, but so that leaves the two candidates, uh, 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 Juan Pablo Cervantes and Tiffany Hunt Nielsen. And it's interesting because they kind of come from different, there's two different branches of that office. They're actually exactly. in two different offices, you know, right. and there's sort of at least, you know, there's more than two, but like two main functions that that office has when one is, which is administering the elections and one of which is one of the other, which is recording legal documents. Mm -hmm. So Juan Pablo Cervantes is like, comes from the election side of things. And Tiffany Hunt Nielsen comes from the recording documents side of things. Exactly. And it, it's, it's, it's led to a very funny sort of flare up uh, over the, 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 the strangest sort of like bit of campaign nonsense I've seen in a while is that is that is that Tiffany Hunt Nielsen sort of made the case that like, well, actually, the recording side of it is more important than the registrar side of it, because the registrar actually is the, you know, the, the clerk recorder is actually sort of like the boss of the registrar role, because it's written into to the Constitution that way. And then what Juan was, was like, no, <laughs> yeah, and he was like, no. no, it's yeah. not. Because I was I was thinking yeah. about this, so like, how can we politicize this, this race, you know, there's always a way. And like, instead of it being like clear, you know, progressive, conservative, it's like basically registered versus. Yeah, it's not politicized. It's not politicized so <laughs> right. much, uh, I suppose, as over this uh, over this like silly dispute about. <laughs> whether or not being a clerk it's recorder makes you more important than a registrar but it also but but it does seem like it does seem like um that there's a little bit of a uh like socio-political divide i suppose i think juan pablo cervantes has gotten more support from the kind of organizations tom's talking about like the mainstream democratic party whereas Ms. hunt nielsen who works in the recorder's office has been uh been more supported by sort of old school humble people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of yeah. Tiffany Hunt Nielsen signs in the Eel River Valley. I I can attest. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but I guess it comes down to you, like how, how do you decide where to vote? Like, uh, uh, do you think that I, I don't know? Like, what do you think the most important function of that office is? I suppose you know, is it recording the legal documents when you, when you, when you, you know, when you buy a piece of property? Do you want someone to put that stamp on just right, uh, recording your 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 document? Or, <laughs> and then sure. the, you know, then there's people yeah. who are concerned about you know uh, with election integrity and experience. Right, right. You want to make sure you know if somebody you have a kid that their like birth certificate is right. They don't yeah. make their yeah. right spell their name wrong or something. I, that I, would be. I just, I just want to make sure that everybody in Humboldt just agonizes over this decision. Right. Like, <laughs> you, you the clerk, recorder, registrar, just do stay up. Worrying about this, yeah. I I feel we do. Do we now need to just like power through the our our measures because we're just like spending too much time on the other stuff? But we gotta we gotta get through these because luckily we only have a couple this time. So we have Measure J. Uh, you know the hotel tax. It would raise the county transient occupancy tax from ten percent to twelve percent, and yeah. an add also add that text to RV parks and campgrounds. Um, and that goes toward um, maintaining county services like 911 response, children's mental health services, repairing county roads, and supporting the local arts and theater. Very important. It's hard for me to imagine like any why anyone would be opposed to something like this, but because they, you know, they own a hotel. Unless, that, that, yeah, that is. The, those are the people who are opposed to it. That's that's uh, it. <laughs> that that's could be would be the only reason, you know. Well, but, sorry, I think it only applies to uh, county lands and not right. So unincorporated, right? Yeah. So, yes. Thank you for fairness, clarification. I mean, there there are folks who are just going to vote against any tax every time. There are people like myself who will vote in favor of any tax anytime. <laughs> I'm going to. Oh, you. Those people. Yeah. Uh, any tax, any time. You don't even care yeah, what that, it goes toward. Tax me, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What can I say? I mean, it's for me, it seems like a win-win. It's like, for the most part, it's people coming from out of the area paying it, right? And then yeah, and the argument being that like, well, you know, visitors of this community, they're going to call the fire department once in a while. You know, they're going to have a heart attack walking down the streets of Old Town. Uh, yeah, so so the visitors should be <laughs> should be paying for medical right. services as well. Yeah, and I, I think that we usually in Humboldt County approve these sorts of things. I, I don't know if inflation in the current economic moment changes something, but um, I, I would expect this to pass. Yeah, does this require a sixty percent vote? You know, I actually am I'm not totally sure on that. Uh, I don't think so. I don't believe so. Yeah. That would have been the only way it would have lost if it didn't get... Right. Well, what about our Measure K? I, we already know Tom, Tom will be in support of this because it's, it's a, a registration fee on vehicles. So it's just extending... Um, it's the, the abandoned vehicle abatement program renewal. So if the measure passes, people will continue to pay a registration fee of a dollar per vehicle or $2 for some commercial vehicles for the next 10 years. And then that money goes toward removing and disposing of abandoned vehicles that are just, you know, hanging out and blighting our community. Again, why would anyone not want this? I'm it's sure some small. people don't. What is it? The Howard Jarvis Taxpayer League? Um, we could ask... <laughs> Give uh, Ken Sawatsky a call. Right. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be opposed. Your address calling Ken Sawatsky are the usual sort of <laughs> classic <laughs> characters for, for yes. something like that. I Let me tell you, I, I moved here eight years ago. Um, 
so I'm a relative newbie still in Humboldt County, so forgive me for that. Uh, but Humboldt is just wild. We have so many abandoned vehicles here. I, I, I've never experienced it like this, especially when you start to go out some county roads. Um, and I, I guess the stories is that these are like trim scene vehicles that get dumped after the season and burn. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. So I, I'm very much in favor of getting this blight off of our land. I want to hear an argument in favor of <laughs> abandoned vehicles, Hank Sims. Oh, I bet Hank can make that. Okay, okay. That's a really tough one. Um, it's, it, it provides, it provides a, a, a habitat for, for wildlife. <laughs> It's right. really, it's it's colorful. It's it's part of our local heritage and our character as a, right, as a community. Right, right. Yeah, for target practice, people need them yeah, for exactly. target practice. Yeah, they're they're fun to mess with. Like I've had, <laughs> I've, had, I've had a friend's car. Um, they were parked at a trailhead once, um, and somebody thought it was abandoned, and they just went and broke all the windows and, <laughs> and they were five hours. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Um, I, I think that there's also a cost by having so many abandoned vehicles that everyone thinks that your beater car is just going to be abandoned if you park it on a trailhead. Right. Yes. Well, right. okay. So, so measure K we think, uh, yeah. Passes. The, the, the passes. Hank. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Pass. It's only a dollar people. Come on. It's a dollar, right? <laughs> <laughs> One dollar. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that, that is all of the, the things that we had uh, uh, slated to talk about. Was, was there any uh, thing else election related that, you think is worth uh, bringing up either of you that uh, we didn't get to it's going to be it's going to we don't know uh i've been thinking about this but we it, it looks like we won't know exactly what we do and don't know at the end of election night usually mm -hmm. you know in the past like all the votes have come in and we we're able to you know see the great bulk of the vote counted but since covid yeah. and since vote by mail you know universal vote by mail and also the return of precinct voting like tom said at the beginning there's we've had very poor returns so far there are like eighty-six thousand or so ballots mailed out and as of mm -hmm. this morning only about eleven thousand of them had been returned yeah. so we don't know we don't know if people are going to turn those into a drop-off site or mail them or yeah. go into the pre their precinct place and vote like we used to do pre-COVID. So it's going to be a big mess. And, and uh, you right. know, I wouldn't expect if races are close, we, we, we won't know for months uh, or for a month. Um, right, right. Uh, and we saw that a bit in the, the last yeah. COVID well, election that, and some things even really, really turned around from what we saw initially too. So. That, that all comes down to how our local elections office has decided to count ballots, right? But but could could that not change because we're in this kind of new era of, of voting now? No, they count them as fast as they can. I mean, so, so you know, I was talking to the elections manager, Juan Pablo Cervantes, one of the people running for uh, clerk recorder registrar um, this morning. And, you know, he said, you know, we'll be, if we have time to count them as they come in, we'll do that. Like in other states, you remember from the, from the last presidential election in other states, yeah, like, yeah. like, no, you can't count them until the, it's the polls have closed, but yeah. no, we count them as they count them as fast as they can, right. but they yeah. also, but they all have to, it's, it's a laborious process, um, yeah. you know, be, especially with absentee or vote by mail ballots, because an election worker has to, you know, one by one feed those into the machine. 
and you might not get those until election day and you might not get them until after election day because they can be postmarked by election day so so we don't know how much of the vote is going to be how much of the vote there will be what the turnout will be or how much of it will be counted uh on election night so it could could be a while well, no matter what level of a, a clusterfuck it is, uh, I assume Hank, you you will be on the desk and uh, and 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 watching these things on election night, uh, getting the information out as as fast as possible. Yes. 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 And Tom, where 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 will you be on election night? I am volunteering at the polls. You can come okay. find me at mm-hmm. Eureka Vets Hall. I will be um, cheerfully attending to your voting needs. Excellent. Okay. Um, Come find Tom. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and vote early so that I don't have to stay there till like 1 a.m., which is the usual case if we if we're just swamped. Um, okay. I'm gonna come right at okay. the very end. Just to, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that also 2020? I feel like we had this really like the at the end, right before they're closing the line, was like around the block. Wasn't that? I was working the Fortuna polling place for the 2020 general. And yeah, folks were getting in line at 7.59 or something. I think it closed mm. at eight. Yeah. Um, and we didn't get everybody through the door to vote until past 11, I would say. Yeah. Well, well why, don't we, why don't we do this to end this? We'll, we'll just go reverse order through everything we went. And does everybody you know, just say their prediction on, on what they think uh, is gonna happen here? Both the measures we said, we all said that we thought they would pass, uh, but okay. Clerk, recorder, Red Star, Tom. One. Hank. One. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Arcade City Council. Kimberly. Uh, uh, what's your name? Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, all right. Uh, the the fighting fifth. Tom. Uh, Madrone. Madrone. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Both both making Madrone. Okay. Uh, fourth district. Runoff. Runoff, but Natalie will. In the lead at the close of election night. Okay, mm-hmm. seems safe. Uh, auditor controller. Dillingham. Okay. Dillingham. And then uh, the big one. This is, this is the, 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 the tough one. DA, who, who, who you got, Tom? I, I think it's going to go to uh, a runoff um, okay. and it's going to be close between the two. If I were to have to guess who might have a lead, I will say Kamada. Go on, Kamada. Hank. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Okay. Great. Right. Well, that was easy. That was too easy. Yeah. And I don't know. I was really stressing about that DA one. <laughs> I can see sweating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you uh, so much, uh, Tom Wheeler, Hank Sims, for coming on and and sharing your uh, your insights with us. All yeah. right, well, let's do it again before the general. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. Everybody, and everybody, everybody get, get out, out there and there. vote. Okay, that's it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Remember, democracy is precious and it only works if you use it. And uh, so get out there and vote, you little voter. Go vote, dummy. No, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and thanks for, for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Once again, we want to remind our listeners that Humble Holding Up is generously sponsored by the North Coast Co-op. You know, as somebody who lives at Arcata and works in Old Town, I spend an awful lot of time going to the co-op. 
both for my grocery shopping and lunch eating needs. Yeah. What about you, Goff? Well, I, I mentioned the salad, but the other thing <laughs> I get often is the uh, I get the, the the sushi. You know, they got the the sushi oh, yeah, yeah. stand there, and I, I go and I'll get the the the, the poke bowl. Have you ever had the poke bowl? Oh yeah. I love the poke bowl. And I also oh. love the the popcorn tofu. That's a that's a fan favorite, I'm told. Very popular in, in Humboldt County. They refer to it as hippie crack. <laughs> Am I not you heard it here first. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think uh, you've you've personalized the product and uh, everybody's gonna rush down to the North Coast Co-op to get that hippie crack. That's right. Check out the North Coast Co-op, a Humboldt's organic community-owned grocery store since 1973. Mike, you're like kind of a, a gardener or like a landscaper of sorts, aren't you? You have some goats. <laughs> okay. Well, a lot of folks in Humboldt County are. And uh, for those people, a great place to go check out is Humboldt Hydroponics. Yeah. You know of this? Yeah, they're over the, on 1302 Union Street in Eureka. That's by Broadway Cinema. Yes, that is that is right. And and these guys are very knowledgeable. Their staff, they're familiar with Humboldt's climate, so they can help you with your your indoor and outdoor growing needs, whatever those may be. They got mm. lighting, soils, pH solutions, fans, trays, all that, all that stuff. All yeah. that, you know, you know That's this handy. stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you got to check them out. They're they're locally owned and operated. Now, if I buy a big old uh, uh, bag of, of soil or, or or whatnot, 